years now. Hallelujah. Isn't God amazing? Whew. Hallelujah. Now, we have been on the series of faith. And last week, we, I spoke on the word of faith. Today, I'll be speaking on the word of faith, part two. The word of faith, part two. Please, if you, have not, if you were not in service, try as much as possible to get last week's message. It will help your faith. It will help your Lord. I listened to that message fully myself. And you know when a man of God listens to his own message, it's because he holds a perspective that the inspiration that came from the Lord, he himself must be a recipient of such thoughts and divine inspiration. And that is why he himself must engage the word. And please, you will be denying yourself so much if you do not get the message. The media should make the message available on all platforms. And please take advantage of it. Or you can as well go to the media after the service and ask for the message. It's important. Word of faith, part one. This is word of faith, part two. Open your Bible with me to the book of Hebrew chapter 10. Hebrew chapter 10. And I'll be reading from verse 1. Hebrew chapter 10. And I'll be reading from verse 1. Is somebody stay with me. I mean Romans chapter 10 rather. And I'm reading from verse 1. Hebrew is always in my head. Romans chapter 10. And I'm reading from verse 1. It says, Brethren, my heart desires and prayers to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth these things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in your heart, who shall ascend to heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it, the word is not thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in the heart that God had raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I had extensively spoken about this passage in the previous message and where Paul made his deductions from when he says that don't say it in your heart when you want to engage faith he says don't say it in your heart who would ascend to the heavens that is to bring Christ or who would descend to the deep to raise him again from the dead is somebody listening to me are we together who will do this who will go and bring Christ or who will also 
raise him from the dead again. But it says, What saith thee? But the word is nigh thee, even in your heart and in your mouth. And I did establish that many times one of the challenges of our faith is that in a bid to have certain mileage in God, we begin to ascribe some level of distance and some level of ideology, self-inflicted um, concept and burdens on how God must be approached. And Paul began in Romans chapter 10 to talk about a people who once experienced God. And that is the nation of Israel. He said, my heart desires and prayer for them is that they might be saved. He said, for I bear them record that they have the zeal. They have passion. These are people who, who could read the Torah. These are people who could engage in some level of rituals that God you know, advised that they should engage in. These are people who could go learn and spend time building altars and doing things that pertains to righteousness. He said, I bear them record that they have zeal, but the zeal they have is not according to knowledge, meaning that they have passion, they have zeal for spiritual things, but there has to be knowledge added to this because the knowledge that they have that is powering their zeal, God has done away with that knowledge. A form of knowledge has been reintroduced and they must have this knowledge. If their zeal will produce after the order that God would have them produce. Did somebody listen to me? He said, I bear them record, meaning that they have zeal. Have you seen people who have zeal? And then they, they go to church. The way to do things, you know these ones have zeal. You can see them and even envy their Christianity. But Paul is saying that I have seen their zeal, but this zeal has knowledge missing in the equation. So it's not important that you and I should have zeal for the Lord. It's not important that you have passion to, for prayer. It's not important that you have passion to do things. It has to be with knowledge. He said the problem that the nation of Israel had at that time was that they didn't have knowledge. Zeal is good, but a man of zeal, a man of passion without the right knowledge is a dangerous man. He will waste energy and waste resources and eventually complain that why these things are not working. Have you seen people who give because everybody says they should give and they give and they, nothing is happening and they are complaining? I remember my wife was telling me about one of her aunts who gave a car because somebody gave a car and then God blessed the person. And then also she came to church. She has two cars, one rickety, one very fine. And she gave the one that is fine. Only for her to go back home and started dreaming about her car. She went back because everybody was surprised because they know her. She went back to the church and told the pastor to give her back her car. And she gave the pastor the one that was not working. And <laughs> I mean, zeal. That, if that, that person had the message of prosperity, saw the testimony of another person, and had the zeal to give. So the person gave. That person is a dangerous man. A man who will do things for God without knowledge eventually can become a stumbling block to the people of God. There are people that... Every time somebody comes online and talks about giving, I mean, they jump on it. They don't have knowledge why they were doing it. They've done many things for God. And when it, when it seems as if the thing is not working, they start complaining and say, don't mind them, all of them fraud. They call us, even pastors, fraud and call us all kinds of names as if we are matans of error. Not knowing that they had zeal, but they didn't have knowledge. Now, should they listen to knowledge? They will not. Are you listening? Everybody want a quick fix. 
Oh, give and it shall be given to you. I've not taken time themselves to study the principle and the underlining principle and thought and the intent of God behind giving. But they saw somebody come to share testimony. I said, I gave. I gave this. And God did this. And they also go and carry their own and gave. I mean, zeal. Zeal. I remember many years ago, and then some of our teenage brothers then looked at the young man that was on the cloth. I mean, I mean on the on the wheelchair. I mean, totally mangled. I, I can't really tell what pertained. They had zeal. So they took this brother to a room and they, they locked the door, all of them. I was yet to get to church that day, only for me to hear the shriek and the noise. The brother was shrieking. They were trying to pull the brother out of the wheelchair. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They almost broke the remaining bones. <laughs> that kept him on the wheelchair. I mean, they had zeal, but not according to knowledge. So you can have zeal, not according to knowledge. Just know. And don't blame God when your zeal is not produced. Now, what is a zeal without knowledge? What can it achieve? The Bible said they went about to establish their righteousness. They had zeal and began to decide how they would access God. How this thing has to be. And that is what happened to us. I, I, I am someone who likes as much as possible to isolate my experiences from God's word. Are you listening to what I'm saying? God's word is God's word and it will produce in your life. And it will produce in your life based on the script that God has for your life. It may not be the same approach in my own life, but it will produce in my life if I believe that God's word. There were people who were healed that Jesus laid hands on. There were people who were sick rather that Jesus laid hands on and they recovered. And there were people that God spoke to. Yet the Bible says that he had brought healing to us and by his strife we were healed. For some other person, hands were laid on them. For some other person, words were spoken to them. For some other person, they touched the hem of his garment. For some other person, it was a shadow. Everything that was done was done differently yet from the same healer so the word of god will produce in your life based on certain variables of your life it will not be so if i come to you and keep sharing my own experiences you may not know all the variables that are that is playing in my own life what is important that i share with you or share with you and to you is god's word that word will produce for instance if the Bible says, ask and it shall be given, it is my duty to teach you to ask the Lord. And how to ask the Lord. And how long it will take you to receive an answer. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Maybe depending or contingent on certain variables of your life. There are some people that God wants to give them something. But God will lure them into his presence. And when God lures them into his presence, God will keep them there for months. Because there are certain other things that God wants to purify. And God will do all of that. For instance, many people came to Jesus and they received miracles. But the apostles came to Jesus and for three years they were sick going with him. At some point they did not even know what their future looks like. They asked him, we have left all and followed him. Yet many have received. There were other things playing in the life of the apostles based on their ordinations and the plan and the intent of God for them. And that was shaping how the word was manifesting in their life. Yet for some other person, they came to Jesus once and they were healed. How about the time when Peter gave Jesus his boat to preach and Jesus sat there and began to preach. Let's even say he prophesied and he healed and he did some other things. And when it comes to the time that Peter will receive the word from himself, Jesus said, Peter, launch to the deep. Meanwhile, when he wanted to minister to the people, he said, just pull away a bit from the shore. 
and they put it away and Jesus spoke to the people but he wanted to give Peter certain words and he said Peter you know what let's go to the deep so it is the word of God it will produce in your life based on how you have received that word and the variables that are playing in your life but all of us must believe the word are you listening to me so do not use the coloration of my own experiences or somebody's testimony to judge how God will work in your life. The truth is the word will produce, the word will bring forth fruit, but how you don't even know. Are you listening to me? I'm saying this so that you will not go and establish your righteousness and not submit yourself to the righteousness of God. To submit means there's an existing authority. There's an existing concept. And what you do is to bring yourself in subjection to that authority or concept. But if you are going to establish your own, you are seeking to establish another authority. That's what many people try to do. For instance, when it comes to financial prosperity, the Bible says concerning giving and receiving. So there is a system in the kingdom of God about giving and receiving that all of us must take advantage of. It's a system. It's a righteousness that God has established. When you come into that body, when you come into God's system, your duty is to submit to that righteousness. You are not going to invent anything new. Jesus told them, if you don't understand Moses, Moses' writing, how will you understand what I'm telling you? It means that go and start with what Moses wrote. He wrote about me. If you don't understand the things that he wrote, how will you understand when I treat you to certain encounters? He said, but there are things that you cannot even bear if you don't understand the basics. Is someone listening to me? Because if you are not careful in working with God, you would establish with the zip, you would establish, you will seek to establish new patterns and new ways and begin to celebrate the ways of the spirit. I have found in the scripture that the way, the primary way to God is God's word. Are you listening? How the word will produce in your life will have certain variations. And that variation must not be made a doctrine. It's like Daniel coming and saying that if you want to fast, if you want to really fast and touch God, you must fast for 21 days. But we now know that from the day that Daniel prayed, God answered. But because Daniel stayed in the place of prayer, because he knew that God would answer him. So he stayed there until 21 days when there was a breakthrough. It was not God that held it back. It was some other spirit that held back the answers. Now, you may not have that same challenge that Daniel had. Because Daniel's prayer did not only give him answers, it broke the existing you know, system of that day and reestablished a new one. So what God wanted to do with his prayer was beyond just answering and giving him an understanding. God was going to take away a kingdom and reestablish another kingdom. That your own, asking for bread and butter may not need that kind of challenge. So your may not require 21 days. That's what I'm telling you. Don't establish your way of reaching God. Find the way that God had established and diligently follow it. Diligently follow it. That is what I'm trying to establish. So that you will not have a generation that has zeal. And in their zeal and in their quest to find God, they have abandoned knowledge. Because there was a generation who was seeking knowledge and never had zeal. Are you listening? So they now think, oh, the people with knowledge, who, I mean, they don't get answers. No. You mix your zeal. He said, I bear them record. These guys have zeal. He said, but not according to knowledge. I wish 
that they would have knowledge. And he said the consequences of that was that they were establishing their own righteousness, their own ways of reaching God. How many times many of us here have done that over and over again, establishing our righteousness? If the law, for instance, says that you should love your neighbor as yourself, and you look at your neighbor and you are holding grudge with your neighbor for months, and yet they call for 21 days prayer and fasting and you are praying, what you are doing is to establish your righteousness. You have not followed an established righteousness. Are you listening to me? Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not do this. We do this all the time. And let me tell you, you will not go far. You must find out what is it that God has established and submit yourself. So that was the problem that the children of Israel had. They had zeal and they went forth forward to establish their righteousness and not submitting themselves to the righteousness of God. Because Jesus had come. He had introduced God in a new dimension. And they would rather follow what Moses has said and not what Jesus is saying. Are you listening to what I'm saying? They would rather follow the patterns of Moses and not knowing that God has shifted himself away from the temple and Jesus had become the temple such that he said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise up. And he said, this thing that had caused us years and more than 40 years to build, how could you say you would destroy it? And it was when Jesus resurrected that the disciples understood that he was talking about his own body. God had moved away from blocks and bricks and bricks and he had entered into flesh and blood and he didn't know that God had shifted. Did somebody listen to me? They, all they needed was to recognize him. To recognize that Jesus was God's dispensation, was God's wisdom, was God's plan, was God's healing, was God's deliverance for themselves. I need you as a church to understand this. That there is an established pattern. I can come here and start teaching above your heads. But I discovered that it will profit nothing if you don't understand the basics of these things called faith. Is somebody see with me? So what did Moses say? I mean, Paul said, he said, the word is nigh thee, even in your heart, in your mouth, and in your heart. In where? In your mouth and in your heart. And he said, the word of faith which we preach. Now, he, he, he was taking his deduction from Deuteronomy chapter 30 when, Paul, when Moses said, this document... Because the word that Moses has secured for them that was going to become their system of governance was documented. But as at the time Paul was writing to the Romans, what they had experienced wasn't a written word, was what they had preached. So Paul was saying that Moses documented his own, but we have preached our own. He said that message that we preached to you was the word of the Lord to you. Because we did not receive it from our own inspiration. We receive it from the Lord. He said, no man taught me these things. But the Lord himself gave me a revelation of this word. And I'll preach these words to you. And he says, and he now told them, he said, but the word is nigh thee. Even in your mouth and in your heart. That is how God will begin with you. Your journey. Your journey to the supernatural. Your journey to the realm that all of us seek to attain will begin with our mouth and our heart. If you don't understand this, then you don't understand Christianity. The Bible says, as you have received him, as you have received him, so you shall walk in him. How did you receive him? If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. That was how we received him. How did you receive Jesus? Did you fast 50 days to receive Jesus? Did you, did you tarry to receive Jesus? 
You did not fast 50 days to receive Jesus. You did not tarry to receive Jesus. When the word was preached to you, you believed it in your heart. And then you confessed the Lord and you were saved. The greatest transformation that will happen to humanity is to be saved, to become a new creation. And that new creation possibilities that gives you access to see the kingdom and experience the kingdom was made happen by these same righteousness or principles that God had established that you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. That was how we were catapulted into the salvation's experience. And the Bible says, as you have received him, so you should do what? Walk in him. So a believer that will truly walk with God is a believer who understood how he received God in the first place. Then he would enjoy his walk with God. But when you do not understand how you receive him, or you lose sight of how you received him, you have received him by faith, but now you are beginning to establish your walk with him in your flesh. Is that what bewitched you? That haven't begun in the spirit. Then you seek to perfect it. You now have to, you have established numbers of days and years and hours that it will take you to reach God. That is not how you received him. The challenge is that you received him, you did not continue to walk with him. The way you have received him. Is somebody say, listen to me. And it says, in your word, in your mouth, and where? In your mouth and in your heart. Colossians chapter 2, 6 says, as you have therefore received Christ, Jesus Lord, so walk ye in him. Now, is that your mouth and your word? Your mouth and your word? Now, does anyone here, is anyone here without mouth and a heart? Do you have a mouth? Do you have a heart? No, be very confident because now it seems some people are not even sure if they have heart. Do you have a mouth? Do you have a heart? Then you can walk with God. It's as simple as that. If you have a mouth and you have a heart, you can experience the supernatural. Because how we became born again, oh goodness God, the day I was going to be born again, it overwhelmed me that the hand was going to come and I went everywhere looking for someone to preach to me. And somebody preached to me and led me, May 6, 1996, about 11 to 12, between 11 and 12, and somebody sat me down and led me into the prayer of salvation. And they said, I should believe and I should confess with my mouth and I confess with my mouth. And since that time, I've been saved. All that came after came because I entered into an economy with my heart and with my mouth. You can enter into an economy. That is how we enter and that is how we will continue. You will enter into an economy with your heart and with your mouth. That I, in, in the kingdom of God, you will enjoy all versions of economy. We have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. To the innumerable company of angels, to the church of the firstborn. There are many economies, you understand? You will enjoy it if you would understand how you started it. But you have abandoned how you started it and have adopted your own ways and forms of reaching them. And that has become a problem. Praise the Lord. Is someone listening to me? So he said, your mouth and your word. Now let's, let's read again. 
verse 9 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in the heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. There is nobody here, even if you have the devil tormenting your life, tormenting your life. If you, I mean, you are not part of God's kingdom to be born again. He said, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead. He said, you shall be what? Saved. And let me tell you, the word saved there is bigger than just being saved and becoming born again. It means deliverance. It means healing. It means transformation. The word saved there covers all the needs that every human being would ever have. To tell you that these are underlining principles that if we miss it, other principles and principles of the kingdom may not be effective if you don't understand this basic. Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand other parables? There are things that you must understand upon which every other thing is built. That is when fasting, that is when prayer will make meaning to you. You must understand this. If they ask you to fast seven days now, you will say that you don't want to kill me. It's because you don't even have this understanding in the first place. Are you listening to me? He now separated it. He said, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Oh, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It therefore means that when you believe with your heart, you are being credited with righteousness. You have been approved for whatever you are believing the Lord for. But that you have been approved for that miracle or that transformation in your heart does not mean that you are going to experience it. So it showed us the distinguishing factors. You understand? Of these two, that your heart, you believe unto righteousness. Righteousness means that you have the right standard. It can be also, you know, referred or rendered as approver. You have had the approver of God. Approver for something. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You are believing God for, for a new job and you believe in your heart. What has happened to you? You've been approved for that job. You believe God for a healing and the day you believe in your heart, you have been approved for that. This is the reason that Jesus said, when you go to pray, believing that you have received them, he said, then you shall have them. The word is to first believe that you have received them. Meaning that the day you receive them may not be the day you have them. He said, then you, should ha you shall have them. So you can believe today and have in the next three months. But the day that you believe is the day that the document was signed in your favor. The Bible says concerning Daniel, he said, from the day that you began to pray. But because of certain other factors and variables at play, he delayed for 21 days. But he did not change the fact that God answered him that self same day. There are many people here, the day that the word came into your heart about your future, that future was approved for you. That is how you move with God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You must, you must, your heart must be ready to believe things. Believe things. This is why God will open your eyes of understanding. This is why God will speak to you. This is why God will reveal his word to you so that you can believe because it is until you believe that you are approved. But that you are approved doesn't mean that you experience it. Hey, are you listening? So a man can believe the Lord for a business. 
And yet, it doesn't even have an idea yet. It doesn't even have resources yet. But while praying, the Lord ministered the word in those that how he will build a business that will, that will cater to you know, certain needs in society and employ like 2,000. And the man rises up from the place of prayer and says, I believe, and believes. That the day the man believes, whether he says it or not, that day that he believes with his heart, what he has done is to engage God with his heart. And God, who sees the heart, sees that that man is in faith. That man believes. God approves that which that man has seen or heard. But that man may see it, may have it approved, and never experience it. He now went further to say, but with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So with your mouth, then you begin to confess unto an experience of it. And now this experience of it, let's see how it happens to us in the in those of us who are born again. Now, you and I who are born again now can talk about the supernatural, can talk about rights and privileges in Christ, can talk about our transformation. These things are not normal. These are spiritual realities. But the Bible says it, is with, it was with our mouth that we came into these realities. That we cannot begin to talk about our rights and privileges. Oh, when I got born again, I began to deal with certain devils in my family that he said before then I could not deal with. What brought me into that economy of such rights and privileges was because I confessed to enter into the place where I can wield the name of Jesus. There were people who would enter my house, whether in the flesh or in the spirit, I know not. And while they were there, I would not be able to talk. But one day after I gave my life to Christ, this time around they did not come in three. They came one, but it was a giant. And he came. And I looked at it, and I struggled to call the name Jesus. But somehow inside of my heart, I was calling the name. But the enemy knows that even though I believe it with my heart, I need to say it with my mouth. So while I was trying to say it, the devil was still there. But somehow by the enabling of the spirit. I said in the name of Jesus. And I watched this giant fall. Fell flat right before me. Why? Because until I say it. I will not experience that power. Are you listening to me? The wisdom of God will come into your heart. Many times that wisdom is to address a mountain. That mountain will remain there. Even if God had given you the wisdom. You must now begin to speak what God has put in your heart. That is why he said, I will give you a mouth and a wisdom that your adversary will not be able to resist nor gainsay. Meaning the enemy you are facing, I will give you that wisdom. The wisdom is my word and I will put it in your heart. But you have to say it. When you say it, the enemy can never say no. Because that wisdom... I, the creator, I that made the waster and the destroyer, are designing that at the utterance of this statement, the enemy should bow. So when the enemy hears you say the wisdom of God, he is not hearing you, he is hearing God. Are you listening to me? He says, the word of faith. He didn't say your word. He said there is something that we are communicating to you. It is not just your word. It is the word of faith that we preach. 
This thing that we are telling you, it is not so that you will go and become a talkative and be telling the enemy anything, anyhow. He's not saying your word. He's saying what we are telling you because what we are telling you, we heard from him. Many times we have addressed the situations of our life with our words and the enemy is, not, is resisting it because it's not the wisdom of God. But he said, I will give you a mouth and a wisdom that your adversary will not be able to resist or gain. Say, there is something that the enemy will not be able to stand. Are you listening to me? And sometimes these things are very specific to God's word. They are specific to certain instructions. Jesus looked at the fig tree and said, no man will eat from thee going forward. Jesus did not curse that fig tree. Jesus only said what he had from the father. And Jesus looked and responded. He said, no man will eat from you. If perhaps Jesus had said, ah, you did not give me something to eat. You have finished. Nothing may happen. Are you listening? But Jesus spoke specifically. He said, no man eat from thee. And because he was a source of life. And you remember that Jesus said, as I hear, I speak. Are you listening to what I'm saying? He said, as I hear... So Jesus himself was operating by the principle of hearing the word of faith and speaking the word of faith. That was why he said, you will say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Those were specific words. They were not his words. He said, as I hear, I speak and my father doeth the work. Is somebody listen to me? So Paul said, the word is close to you. That is the word of faith, that word that we preach. Even in your mouth and in your heart. Many times, many of us are not speaking what God has said. See, let me say this. Confession is not talking. Confession is saying what God has said. Confession, are you listening to what I'm saying? Confession is not what? Just talking. Confession is not just talking. Confession is saying exactly what God has said. There has to be that homogeneity. There has to be that sameness between what you are saying and what God has said. You know why? The one who created everything had also designed that everything should respond to him. So when we take from him and we address things he created, they will definitely respond to us. Are you listening to me? Do you know that the Bible says, Wherefore God had highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every other name. When Jesus offered himself and he became obedient to death, God highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every man, I mean, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And Peter said, that There is no other name that is given under heaven, heaven by which a man can be saved. There was a time that name was not given. If you use the name of Jesus before his death and resurrection, you will not be saved. Are you listening to what I'm saying here? Are you getting what I'm saying? So it therefore means that at a point, that name was approved. Was approved to cover all the spheres of creation. That every, the dominions know because God had said it. So when he finished that, he now gave us that name that we can use to cover all realms. But there was a time that name, even though it's the same syllable and the same sound, could not produce that order. So I'm trying to say that confession is saying what God is saying, not what you are saying. Even if what you are saying seems to be 
fine in vocabulary. Confession is that you are saying what God is saying concerning. Now, there was a time that some sons of Sceva wanted to cast out demons. And then the demons, when they said, and they came in the name of, I mean, they said that in the name of Jesus that Paul preached. He said, go out. They were exorcists. They were used to playing around with demons. But they wanted to use another civilization, another, you know, tool. And they brought the name of Jesus to bear. And say, in the name of Jesus that Paul preached. He said, go. And the demon asked them very sincere questions. I'm going to say to you that it's a very sincere question because the demon wanted to know. Because they don't know all things. And they asked the question. He said, Paul will know. Jesus will know. But who are you? Now, those men, I can tell you that they, they knew whom they were. Yes or no? They were the sons of Sceva. They were exorcists. They have been, they have been, you know, tampering with evil spirits. They've been, they've been playing with evil spirits. They've been doing some exorcism. They've been doing all kinds of. Oh, they know, they know their birth, birth, I mean, I mean, birthdays. They know about themselves. They know their origin. They know the state. They knew everything about themselves. But when the demon asked a question, they knew that he was asking for something else. Let me say this. And when they could not answer, that demon dealt with all of them. Because they could not answer. Now, they came to John the Baptist. They said, who are thou? Are you Elijah? He said, no. Are you the prophet? He said, no. Then I said, then who are you? Because you are baptizing people. By what authority are you baptizing people? Because they know that if you understand your identity, you will know the extent and the limit of your authority. Are you listening to me? So they were asking John, and this were human being asking. Now remember, in the other scenario, case study, it was demons asking. But they were asking the same question. And the same way life will ask you questions. You will want to start a business. The business will fail. Life is asking you, I have seen this individual. I have known this individual. You mention names of people. And they are asking who, you, who are you? You call yourself an entrepreneur, but who are you? You would attempt things and life would ask you questions. But this time around, men came and began to ask John. They said, who are you? But guess what? John didn't tell them, I'm John, the son of Zechariah. No. John said exactly what God said about him. He said, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make parties straight. That is how to speak. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? What John did was to take the word and say the same thing because the word was near him. It was in his mouth, it was in his heart, and the people could not resist it because truly he was the voice in the wilderness who was preparing the way of the Lord. I'm asking you, who are you? The devil will come with you with sickness and disease and all kinds of affliction. But the question is, the devil is asking you a question, who are you? Many of you don't even know who you are. All you know about yourself is your bio and your Instagram profile and your handles. You don't even know what God has said concerning you. But John said, I am the voice of one. And guess what? He was quoting Isaiah. Because Isaiah prophesied that the, he said, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare you of the Lord, make the mountains leveled, fill the valleys and straighten the crooked path. So he knew his identity when they asked him questions. When even Satan asked him, he would still say the same thing. And there is nothing Satan can do about it. Because with that identity came certain measure of authority. Who are you? Jesus got to the 
temple one time and the Bible said the book was given to him and they found the place written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to heal the sick, to preach to the brokenhearted, to preach prosperity to the poor. And he began to see all of that. And guess what? And he closed the book and said, this day is a scripture fulfilled in your ears. Are you he found what, where it was written concerning him. Are you listening to what I'm saying? The word is nigh thee. It is you who have abandoned the word. But the word is nigh thee. This is how you will begin to journey. You want to begin? Begin with the word. And I'm not just saying reading. He says, seek ye out of the book of the law. Kayabaya. He says, seek ye out of the book of the law. He said, none of these will fail. None shall want a maid. For my mouth has spoken them and my spirit has gathered them. Seek ye out of the book. You know seeking means you are searching. Sometimes I want to read the Bible and I say, God, I, I, there's a particular book I want to read now. And I told myself, I'm going to fast for three days. <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying? Because I'm seeking out of the book. There is something I need to apprehend. There is something that my spirit needs to arrest. And I know that if I read the normal way I read, something may not enter. I say, you know what? I'm going to fast three days and these three days I'm not going to eat. And I'm going to be praying in the tongues. Say, Lord, open my eyes to see out of the book of the law. That is how you do this thing. Because I know that if I can lay hold on the word and put it in my mouth, yakata. Are you listening to what I'm saying? The mountain will respond to me. So you need to seek out of the book. You need to do what? Seek out of the book. Seek out of the book. Jesus said, Behold, I come in the volume of book. It is written of me to do your will. There is a volume of book. This book is a volume where God has written all that your life will ever turn out to be. They are documented in this scripture, but they are coded. And because there are many of us reading the book at the same time, to be able to lay hold on your inheritance, you have to seek it out. It is not in a plain sight because it is the glory of God to hide a thing, to hide a thing. It is the honor of the king to search out the matter. Are you listening to me? He said, this is a trivet that has been given to every man on the face of the earth. To seek and to search out wisdom. And the reasons for things. The reason for your existence. He said, it is the trivet. So you are not going to escape it. Even Jesus sought and sought it. Jesus sought it. He searched and researched. And the Bible said, he, he, he found. You know what it means to find? He said, he found where it was written. It was Isaiah who documented it. These things have been documented. That was what Moses was telling them. I have documented things by the Spirit. For holy men speak as we were moved by the Holy Ghost. For all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. This thing will furnish you to a good life. But you must seek and search it out. And you listen to me. You remember the woman whose husband got hid in Rehoboam's crusade. When the man died... She said, no. She said, did you keep the man somewhere in the, in the house? And then she was reading. She was looking for answers. Her heart was crying to the Lord. And one day, she opened the scripture and she found where it was in the book of Hebrew that some women have their dead raised back to life. That moment, it was no longer an history book. It was a life. He said, some women have a dead raised back to life. And she said, no. She packed the husband and she took the husband to the crusade. The husband had not gotten to the crusade ground. Why they were bringing the husband? Men, they saw her faith and they began to pray. The man came back to life because he found in the book that women have their dead raised back to life. You have ruled your life by the prophecy that men gave you. You have never searched out what God has spoken concerning you.
He said to the law and to the testimony. If they speak but not according to this word, it's because there's no light in them. This is going to be the governing, the final authority over your life, the word that I've spoken. You know why? This word has been purified seven times in fire. No prophecy has been purified seven times in fire. He said, let one prophet speak, let others judge. Because he may have the coloration of his own life and frailty and faculty of his iniquities. He said, but this word, he said, purify. It's because you don't know how to engage it. Are you listening to me? You don't know how to search it. Jesus, after 40 days of fasting, he found. You don't know what fasting is all about. He said, when you fast, he said, your light will break forth as the morning. You begin to see things differently. You begin to hear things differently. You begin to speak differently. He said, your mouth and your heart. All of us here, we have mouth, we have heart. We can begin the journey of faith. He said, that's the word of faith which we preach. He said, begin to say it. Find it and do what? Say it. Hebrews chapter 13, it says he has said, I will not leave you nor forsake you, that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Why did he say, he has said, I will not leave thee nor forsake thee, that we may boldly say. See, you have read it, but you have said nothing. I will not leave thee. He said, he had said, that I will not leave thee nor forsake thee, that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man will do unto. I will not fear what man will do unto. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 and 6. I will not fear what man will do unto. I will not fear what. That is how to do. He didn't say, look at me. Look at me. He didn't say, he has said that I will not leave this. That we may read it and put it on our status. Many are putting this on your status. It has not changed your status in the spirit. What really changes your status is what you say. What you believe in your heart. Let me tell you where the real work is. To make sure the word gets into your heart. Because the way God designs the heart is that anything that comes in there grows. Are you listening? Yes. That is why many times you stay in the place of prayer. One day I was crying to the Lord concerning ministry. And I said, Lord, you mean I will go and preach like this? And I prayed and I slept off. I prayed with tears and I slept off. And guess what? The voice of the Lord came to me audibly. Now, the voice that came to me audibly quoted scriptures. <laughs> and the voice says, and as I was at Moses, so will I be with you. Yes, guess what? It's in the book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 5. But you know what? When I approached God in prayer, what God did was to bring it. So that that word can stay in my heart. Are you listening to me? You, you, if you do not understand what fellowship is, it's so that life, is word can be administered. That is why you don't you you will not appreciate prayers. You will not appreciate time with the Lord because you don't know what that does. It is the place where God administers life. It is the place where he administers the word into your heart. You may be having difficulty to believe a word. But if you spend time to pray and fast and say, Lord, that I may apprehend these things. That my spirit may lay hold on them. And you cry out, what happens to your spirit? It becomes open. And then you can receive that with God. Otherwise, it will be in your head, not in your heart. Because the word in your head will not work, even though you say it in your mouth. But the word in your heart, and you say it with your mouth, the mountain will respond to it. He said, if you say to this mountain and believe and do not doubt in your heart, he said, that man, whatever he says, shall be done to him. He said, nothing shall be impossible to the man. Nothing shall be impossible. Meaning the realm of possibilities, if you can just apprehend with your heart.
Paul said that I make sure that I count every other thing but dung. He said that I may apprehend. He knows what is that apprehension is not physical, it's a spiritual thing. He said, But in order to do it, I'll make sure that I abandon every project. I set my face like a flame so that I can approach God in a way that my heart can seek and search and be able to arrest that which God said concerning me. This is where the rework is. Because in the place of prayer, God administers wisdom. And when he gives you wisdom, it comes with a mouth. He said, I will give you a mouth and a wisdom that your adversary cannot resist or gain. Say, when I have had an encounter with God's word, and the devil showed up the next day, all I said was no devil could come and visit me in my room. There was a wisdom that I was interfacing with. And that wisdom was that there was no way I and devil would be accommodated in this room. I was not saying it out of some phonetics. I was speaking realities of my heart. And immediately I said that the effect was in my environment. That is how to get things done. So next time you are praying, you are, your heart is open to receive a word. Because when God begins to minister words to you, it's because he's giving you dominion. Answers usually come in form of words. It will give you a mouth and a wisdom that your adversary cannot resist nor gain say. You must understand that this mouth that you have been given has not been given just to eat. There are three major functions of your mouth. Number one is to create. Number two is to communicate. Number three is to consume. To create is to bring into existence that which never existed. Number two, which is to communicate, is to share information, knowledge. Number three, which is to consume, is to ingest. But guess what? We are prioritized ingest, I mean, ingesting with our mouth, consuming over every other. And let me tell you, it's in that order. The very first time God used his mouth, documented in scriptures, he created and he said, I have created with my mouth. Let us make images, creatures that will also be created with their mouth. But unfortunately, when he made us, we started eating apple. Are you listening to what I'm saying? The first thing Adam went was to be looking for what to eat. That was not the order. Are you getting me? Tell yourself, until I've spoken and created things, I will, I'm created things I will not eat in a day. Your life will change in one year. Or you will go and eat first. You wake up in the morning, you go to the fridge, you chew gum, you chew everything, you have not created anything. So you listen to me. Or you wake up, the first thing is to pick a call and communicate with human. You have not even spoken to God. The worst deal is that you are looking for apple. He said, this one, don't eat. That's the one you go to eat. It's to create. It's to communicate. Is to consume. What are you doing with your mouth? I've seen people apply famous lipsticks to their mouth that is useless as far as God is concerned. Immortals have nothing to do, nothing to do with how beautiful, even if your lips is like Angelina Jolie, it is still useless if you can't create things. You stand in the mirror all day long and you are putting lipsticks. You can't even go out without it. And yet, even demons cannot pay attention to your lipsticks. Your lips alone they can't be, and guess what? Death and life lies in the power of the tongue. It doesn't matter how much you color it, whether green or blue, it does not decrease. The effect of death, that thing will bring to you if you speak negatively over your life. Oh! Ah, have you seen that? You know, some people pride themselves in beautiful lips. I know somebody is, is listening to me. He said, my lips, they say it's sexy. Sexy? No, it's to create things. You don't need a sexy lips. You need a lip that can create. Yes or no? Create the future of your children. 
Create the future of your spouse. Create the future of your environment. Create the future for your business, for your career. I have said it over and over again. That this word will listen to me. There's nothing anybody can do. Before the Lord comes, the word will hear me preach. The people whose language I don't understand will hear the gospel from my mouth. I will preach all over the world. Are you listening to what I'm saying? What will you do with your mouth? What are you doing with that mouth that God has given to you? And guess what? Many of us would rather cause ourselves and speak. If Naira goes to become 1,000 to a dollar, I will still be wealthy. Any nation where I find myself. You can ahead, continue and call yourself obedient. Obedient to nothing. You are not obedient to God. Are you, you, you have to be obedient to God first. People shouting obedient, obedient to God. God is just looking at all of the obedient people. He says, are you obedient to me? I wish that I'm Peter Obi. <laughs> God is saying, I wish that. I mean, may God not wish that. He said, as obedient children. That's what the Bible says. He said, having readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is complete. Are you listening? If your obedience will complete, the Bible says, do you see a man that will see good days and experience good life? He said, let him use his mouth very well. Use your mouth very well. I came here and I stood on this altar and, and I said that I'm giving a seat for me and my wife and two kids. And there was no relationship. There was no wife. I said, Pastor, I we have spoken the word. The word came near me when I put it in my mouth. And he said, all of you young men that are of marriageable age. He said, by this time next year, that was all I needed. I said, that is the word. I said, I'm latching on that word. I will fly on the wings of that word. And I came here on the altar to say it. I believed it in my house, but I was saying it so that you heard me. Are you listening? That was in December. January 1st, I was still as single as Joshua. Are you listening? But January 2nd, the word went and created circumstances. Are you listening to what I'm saying? The I have said that in the next 365 days, from July 29, there will be a deluge of an anointing upon my life. You think I'm kidding? Wait and see it. There will be a deluge of grace. I've seen it. I've spoken it. Because the word had been administered to my heart. And I know that that word that had come, I need to put it in my lips. Are you listening? It will condition my behaviors. It will condition every part of me. That is how you do things. That is how you even alter addictions. In case your addictions have created neural pathways in your brain and you can't help it, you use your mouth to close the neural pathways and create new ones. And you discover that the things that was once holding you captive can no longer hold you captive. It is called the law of life, of spirit of life in Christ that freed me from the law of sin and death. There's a principle that makes a man to be subjective, subservient to iniquity. It, is, it will take a principle to break a man out, not your will and your wishes. It's a principle. Is somebody here listening to what I'm saying? The word of faith which will preach. Use your mouth rightly. You've been given a weapon. You've been given a, a weapon that is after the order of God. That is why animals can bark, they can cook, they can make sound, they can't speak. Because the privilege of words were given to man. But that privilege of words that have been given to you, you have abused it. You use it against yourself, against God's image, God's temple, God's creation. You use it against another, you abuse people and not heal them. You speak words that is even breaking people down. The Bible says how forcible are right words. But guess what? Negative words are breaking bones, destroying families, and destroying lives. You have used to even destroy yourself. But God gave you a mouth as a gift. He said death and life. He said eat the fruit thereof. Are you ready to eat the fruit of your lips this morning? What will your next 365 days be like? I will fly. 
Are you listening to me? Would you fly? Would you fly? Declare it if you're going to fly. Your next 365 days, declare it if you're going to fly. Declare what would happen to you in the next 365 days. Declare with all of the energy. Declare concerning your relationship now. Concerning that your health. That sickness that the doctor said will kill you. Say to yourself today that you sickness, I will end you. I will end you in the name of Jesus. You will not kill me. You will not destroy me. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That confusion, that stagnation that has bothered you, that is making you think, what would happen to my life? Use your word today. Use your word today. Secure that visa. Secure that visa with your word this morning. Secure that access. To secure that grace. Secure that moment of advancement. Be like God this morning. What will you do with your mouth? Will you create your own heavens? Will you repair your earth? Will you create your own heavens? I will not die but live to declare the glory of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, the Lord makes my feet like hinds feet. The Lord will cause my feet to walk upon high places of the earth. In the name of Jesus, in the next 365 days, I will come into an economy of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I would experience great angelic manifestations in the name of the Lord Jesus into an economy that either two have not experienced. My finances is taking a new turn. Oh, because I'm a giver. My men give to my bosoms. They open doors of opportunities. Every evil pattern in my family is broken over my life. That is the end. Evil pattern. Evil pattern will not hold sway in my life. Evil pattern will not hold sway in the life of my children. A new beginning for me. A new pattern for me. A new way of life for me. In the name of Jesus. And the I will not die. I will live. I will live in health. I will not live in sickness. In my old age, I will not live in sickness. I will live in health. In the name of Jesus, I'm a free man. He that the Son of God made free is free indeed. I've been made free. I've been translated from the kingdom of his dear son. I've been translated into the kingdom of God. I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. I'm in the kingdom of light. Light is on my path. Light is on my way. I will not fail. I will not falter. In the name of Jesus, I will only go higher. My path is like a shining light. He shines brighter and brighter. My light, my path, shines brighter and brighter under the perfect day. Great anointed. Oh, the healing anointed. 
the healing gift is massively operated in my life I lay in on the sick and they recover in the name of Jesus he paradiyah the leopard is cleansed the eyes of the blind are open the deaf ears are unstopped in the name of Jesus when you declare this morning declare with all of your emotions declare with all of your heart your heart must be connected with your mouth this morning you will never be the same you will never be the same the cause of stagnation is broken the cause of marital stagnation is broken it's broken over your life the cause of financial stagnation is broken it's broken over your life you are receiving help from the Lord Hey, My help has come. My help has come. I will no longer struggle. I will no longer struggle to overcome. I will no longer struggle to travel and access deep things in the spirit. The Holy Ghost is my help. He will guide me into all truth. He will show me things to come. He will comfort me. He will take me into a higher rank. He will power to my enemies in my life. And through me, the Holy Ghost will do signs and wonder. Hey! In the name of Jesus. Now listen. 
practically in the name of Jesus. Now, as the Bible says, when God made man, he made man, a man became a speaking spirit. We are speaking now. Everyone who desires a miracle, lift up your hands. If you know you are sick, put your hands. That plate of the sickness where you require healing. Now let's create things. I speak in the name of Jesus to everyone sick under the sound of my voice this morning. I declare be healed in the name of Jesus. I command that mountain, that demon of sickness, that demon, that disease, that fibroid, that cancer, that ulcer, everything in your body that is not of God, I command it be gone in the name of Jesus. I command that disease, that doctor's negative report over your life, be gone in the name of Jesus. I command pain to be gone. I command pain to be gone. Diabetes gone. Ulcer gone. Cancer gone. Fibroid gone. Asthma gone. Migraine gone. Leukemia gone. Arthritis gone. Every form of sickness. Every form of disease. Every form of sickness in your body. I speak in the name of Jesus. I command you sickness in this body. Go in the name of Jesus. Go in the name of Jesus. I declare your healing now. Be healed in your bones. Be healed in your bloods. Be healed in your vessels. Every part of your body be healed. In the name of Jesus. Everyone believe in God for a miracle. In the name of Jesus. I speak today. As one who had received mercy from the Lord. He said all workers of miracles. Today I command you. Enter your miracles. Experience financial miracles. Marital miracles. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Promotion. Job promotions. New jobs. In the name of Jesus. Supernatural liftings. In the name of Jesus. Financial miracles. Financial miracles. In the name of Jesus, you will leave here and men will favor you. They will open their treasure chest and give to you. In the name of Jesus, you will ask for one, they will give you a thousand. In the name of Jesus, you will leave here and it will be obvious that the miracle power of God is working in your life. In the name of Jesus, be protected as you go. In the name of Jesus, and the people say louder amen. amen somebody say louder amen. amen come on put your hands together and celebrate jesus in this place oh lord we bless you we give you praise we give you glory thank you father